Hi, and welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you are listening to episode 60. What do you think is more important when making your films? Whether you're using a smartphone camera or not, do you think audio is more important or video? A long time ago, before most of us were born, video came without audio. But today, most video comes with audio. Now back then, even silent films had audio. You wouldn't go to YouTube to watch videos back then. Uh, They were recorded on, literally, film. And then they were projected on a big screen. They had no sound, but there was still sound which accompanied the films. Like a theater performance going to the movies, a performance, it was a show. Now, it wasn't until 1927 that the first talkie was produced. It was called The Jazz Singer. Before then, the performance included, you're not going to believe this. Okay, you will if you know this, live music. At first, it began with a pianist and then with a full orchestra. Now, it wasn't synchronized sound as we know it today. Why am I sharing this? One of the questions we used to get a lot when I launched the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego was about sound. Does it have to be recorded with a phone too? The answer was always no. You can record the sound with any other equipment and insert music or whatever you need, like sound effects, into your film video. By the way, we begin accepting short and feature films on June 19th, and we'll throw a link to our website in the podcast notes. So do you think audio is more important to your production than video? Your audience will rarely forgive you for bad audio. And that is true. In this episode of the SBP podcast, I present you with the first place winner of the 2019 International Mobile Film Festival, which took place in San Diego last April. His name is Blake Worrell from L.A., living in Spain, which is where he was last night when we recorded this podcast. Before we go to speak with him, you're going to hear a short sample of his music, a song called Bumpers from the Beast Within album released in 2013. And if you would like to hear the entire song, you can stay through to the end where we share the entire song. (laughs) Now, you can find out more about Blake on his website, blakewolrell.com. And actually, to spell that, it's Blake Worrell with two R's and two L's. So let's go talk to Blake. Like cereal, stereo, very low. Feel them bubbles tearing through. Reconnect, repeat it, rewind. 
Hey everybody, welcome to the SBP podcast. I am here with Blake Worrell, the first prize winner of the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego this past April. He won first place with his film Append. Congratulations, Blake. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. That was very short. <laughs> Where's your speech? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd like to thank um, uh, mobile phones <laughs> for giving me the possibility to uh, make something with, with nothing, well, practically nothing. Right. But, uh, but then again, these phones <laughs> are really shooting with the same amount of quality that uh, films were uh, about uh, 15, 20 years ago. So there is that. There is that. Well, uh, as wonderful and as smart as our smartphones are, it still takes a person to make a film with it. Um, your skills were superb. Uh, Append, uh, for listeners, listen to this. Append also won the Best Visual Effects Award at the 2018 Global Mobile Film Awards. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you very um, much. Definitely a wonderful film. Uh, it, um, it looks great. It sounds great. It's got a great story, uh, great acting by yourself and Arlie Jover. Did I say My wife? It? Yes. Yeah. Or is it Jover or how do you say yeah, it? Jover. Jover. Arlie Jover. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you are right now, where are you? Right now, uh, we're, we're at home. We're, uh, our home base right now is, uh, Palma. Palma de Mallorca. Yeah, in Spain. Um, but uh, um, so we also have a place in LA, but we go back and forth. Basically, it's, it's uh, this is where we relax, and the office is, is home in LA. <laughs> <laughs> and you shot your you shot your phone with an iPhone. Um, yes. And six S. And six, uh, did, did you realize six, how six S sounds so close to success? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um yeah so 6s uh there was a few shots that i used iphone 8 um uh, you would think it was the the planet shots but it's not um actually it was i forget what shot there's oh yeah the 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 shots where i'm outside which really quick um me running up the hill yeah stuff like that but um for the most part it's iphone 6s Share a little bit about um, just uh, just very briefly about what the film is about, and then share um, how you came came up with the idea of of the story. Uh, the film uh, is about a father who loses his child uh, just through another dimensional porthole, and he goes after him, and uh, he has him he goes through and he comes back and uh he realizes he came to another dimension so it's it's just kind of this play with dimensions you know it's uh it's basically kind of like inception in a way but in terms of dream worlds um i gotta work on 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 my uh on my elevator pitch on it <laughs> <laughs> 
but that's it's basically that just dimensional um dimensional mind games dimensional flips uh in search for a father in search of his son and uh the idea came actually uh from a scene that that you don't see i wanted to shoot it there's actually uh two scenes that i really 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 wanted to shoot um but because of logistics it wasn't it wasn't really feasible and during that time uh we were actually my wife and i we were moving uh we were relocating our house uh, it was just really chaotic in personal life so there was a limited amount of time and also i had another job she had another job so we were both working on other things and uh literally it was that um well, I'll go back to, to where the idea started. I was laying in bed, uh, we sleeping, uh, about to go to sleep. And it's one of those things where you're, you're, you're just about to hit dream world, go to sleep. And then you have this kind of vision. So it was that I just had this momentary thing of, Oh my God, this is so weird. And I gave myself chills, you know, you get like goosebumps <laughs> and that's where it started. And, um, yeah, then it just, it was, wasn't until like eight months later, when I I had a bike accident a couple of years ago, or actually three years ago, and I had a piece of metal in my shoulder because I, I had broken my shoulder. And um, so they had to get the metal taken out. I had a surgery. Uh, this was in February 2018. And I figured, well, you know, one of the scenes takes place in the hospital. This is a perfect opportunity to to use this. So that's what we did. And it was really last minute because I, we had no idea what room it would be. We had no idea what the lighting was like. We had no idea what the location would be, let alone if there would be another person in the hospital room. So <laughs> it was and you could see there, we did some um, video interviews and you could see on, on uh, my Instagram page, uh, Blake Worrell. Um, we, we talk about that a little bit, but at the very last minute, uh, I had a single room, which was amazing. There, this one woman at the hospital was like, well, we've got a single room, you know, there's not really many people in here right now. So you just want to take it? And I was like, hell yes. <laughs> so that was it. The problem, one of the biggest challenges of that short was, I should. I like to say scene rather than short because I'm basically taking a chunk of the movie that we're working on now, and I just I, w I want to make one scene. And the biggest challenge for that scene was lighting yeah. because it was a foggy day. It was kind of dark. Uh, every now and then the sun would pop out, and I think that took me about two just just the, that hospital scene. Yeah, took about two weeks. Wow. Because I really had to balance out all the cuts. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work on the the post side, um, and that, for me, that's that's one of the that that's what makes a film uh, stick out from the rest. It's all about post production. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, it's it's about filming and all that, and, and you, you, you know, you it's from the beginning to end process it's super important uh but what i notice is it's it's unfortunately it's common for um 
for early filmmakers to kind of overlook the sound design. Um, yeah, that 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 felt. Speaking of sound design, my I mic know just that was so trippy. I was like, <laughs> "Wait, could that have been done on purpose?" Like, <laughs> yeah. sound design, mic drop. Right? Oh my god, that's funny. So, being that that I, I, I mean, my career started at age nineteen, uh, working for Roger Corman, and I worked in the sound department. And for me, that was my intro into film sound i mean i loved film before but that really opened my eyes because that's that's where things really come together that's where you really make it stick you know what i notice in a lot of um independent films or films that you know this happens to um it's you know the sound can sound okay as far as microphones picking up the actors and the dialogue and everything like that it's the the little subtle background the natural sound that is missing, you know, that makes mm. it weird. And you don't really know what it is until you realize it. In movies that you see that have a better production value with, with sound, they always have a, a very subtle track in the background of, of natural sound that's to be expected in a room instead of just, just the sound of people speaking. Well, I, I, the thing is, too, from, I mean, as a professional sound designer, uh, the most common thing that people overlook is that there's dialogue going on. That's all we need. Throws in some music. That's it. Yeah. I know if, 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 if people just stop and listen to their environment, you know, is there air conditioner going on? Is your is your is the fan on your computer going uh, birds outside cars passing by? You know, what's the environment? And, and I mean, for me, film is a magic trick. It's a bunch of subliminal messages that are affecting the psyche. So, you know, if someone's talking about something that's that's of high magnitude of like, oh, we got to get out of here or something, whatever. And, and there's a sound of a siren passing by. I mean, that's just a, it's happening outside, but it applies to the situation being discussed. Yeah. So uh, these little elements help. It's like um, in the uh, there's about three or four layers of just atmosphere in that room alone that I put on top. So uh, I put a little machine rumble, uh, pitched it down, uh, sound of air conditioning system. And then also a little high pitch sound at a certain frequency to to create this kind of tension. Mm-hmm. So there's these little things you just don't hear. It's there. It's very little. It's very minimal, but it's there. Um, another common mistake that I noticed in in, in filmmakers with d- doing sound design, they're doing too much. So every cut has this and all that stuff, and then <laughs> it becomes this yeah. kind of like commercial almost. And it's it's a fine line between too little and too much. And um, the only thing I could say for for beginning filmmakers who really want to or, or intermediate, you know, those who are, are really serious about it, getting there, just watch films. And, yeah. you know, watching films with the sound off is, is one aspect of it, of, of, of seeing how they put scenes together. That's super important. I highly recommend it, watching films with the sound off. But another one I would recommend is actually uh, watching uh, or listening to films. Keep your eyes closed and listen to the story. 
that's another way to do it. Um, because you really want to hone in on the senses. And for me, that's what film is, is really like hypersensitivity, really, really raising that bar. And for me, this film too, it's, it's like, it's this, this scene was specifically, I mean, I really wanted to push things to the limit. And that, that was a whole reason for this one. Like the first one I did, the weird sisters in 2017, um, that one was just, I really wanted to explore this kind of, uh, this, I wanted to play with, with the, the feeling if I, if, 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 if this phone, it, that, that, that for me was the thing of breaking that, uh, that border of mobile phone film and film because, that border becomes completely depleted, a race transparent when you're immersed into the story. And for me, that that was proof. It was like, well, if you people can immerse in the story and myself and and myself included and other people, they would get goosebumps at the end. They're like, ah, that totally gave me goosebumps. I'd, I'd just be there smiling like, wow, OK, cool. I'm not the only one. And what happens, like the last scene of, of the Weird Sisters uh, that we shot with uh, with the same exact phone I'm still using today, iPhone 6s, you know, for it to give them that sensation, that's like, yeah, awesome, cool, uh, mission accomplished. So this one upend, I wanted to take it up another notch, and and you know, thankfully for. Um, having the tools that I have to use uh, in post-production, you know, I could really spend time and, and refine it. And again, that, that hospital scene was, uh, was pretty challenging, but at the end of the day, you, you don't notice it. You think like, okay, well, they probably had light. We had no lights. There was, there was literally, there was only the window lights in these, uh, little, like very, uh, sad, uh, yellowish but very dim lights in the hospital and that's another thing I play with color I was like well you know if I try to normalize the color uh, I, I'm, I'm fighting with the elements so that's why it kind of stays yellowish this kind of yellow tone and that's why I wanted to make a contrast between this abstract world and like green and yellow yeah, and that that's part of the story. That's you know, there's the unspoken word, and you know, and all these vibes that you get about what's going on with the audio, like you were saying with that little high pitch. I mean, I heard it, and um, it's because you know, everybody doesn't watch or listen to a movie in the same way. Um, in some ways, it's subjective, but in other ways, um, there's a science to filmmaking, um, and you notice sometimes you don't know. Like, for example, you know, 80% of the population likes particular a particular film. And you can, you can safely say as subjective as that is, um, that's a good film. And not everybody will understand exactly why, you know. Uh, but there are a lot enough people that if they sit down and they watch it carefully and listen to it carefully, they'll be able to pick, 
pick those things up. Uh, mm. Like for listeners, we're going to put the link to your to your film. And after listening to to you speak and des- describe this stuff, when they're watching the film and they're listening for these things, they're going to see, or if they've even seen it before, they're going to see and hear things that they probably didn't before just because you're sharing this this part of it, which is one of the reasons why I love doing these podcast conversations with filmmakers like you. Um, you, This isn't the first time we've done a podcast uh, with you. I'm going to put the link to the other podcast with you with um, when I interviewed you. <sighs> Which was that film that you did? What was the name of that film again? Um, Dissolution. Dissolution, and that was a similar thing too, along with that story, um, in a way, right? Yeah, um, uh, more uh, today. It wasn't interdimensional or anything like that. Right, it was just, right. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was again about a kid, but it wasn't. It wasn't our kid. It was. Uh, uh, it was a situation that. Uh, right. I uh, got involved in uh, as the character. The character got involved in um, basically. Yeah, the character accidentally um, had an accident, and uh, yeah, it's heavy. It's uh, yeah, uh, hesitate you, to tell able, what it's about because no, it's so like. Oof. But it's um, uh, it, it's you're very good at conveying these these type in these types emotions. of emotions. Yes. Yes, uh, and that's that's what I love to do. For me, communication is is emotion, and we the 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 truth is we had a script. Uh, I had been working on this script. Um, uh, first, I worked. I did about four drafts, five drafts on my own, and then did another. I think uh, two or three with my wife, and. At the end of the day, when we were in the hospital, because I, I was loaded up on like uh, painkillers and stuff, and I don't know, it just it, we just uh, we didn't really feel it. We were just like, you know what? Let's just drop the script. Let's just work with what we got. Let's just experiment, because that's what we did with Dissolution, the film uh, from last year, 2018. Uh, we had no script. We just completely improvised. Wow. And actually, the whole story was something else. The whole story was like. Uh, uh, like about a, a breakup or something, um, you know, something like that. And it wasn't until the editing room where the whole film just kind of took a whole nother life. And then I just ADR'd the phone call, uh, took another piece of footage that I found because there was a, an accident in the street. So I just, I had filmed that in the moment. Nobody was hurt, but I mean, someone was hurt, but I, they were okay. Um, uh, so it's just, it's said again and again, and I'm kind of, you know, cementing it that a film takes form three times. You you write it, you shoot it, and you edit it. And and I think there's I, I've been working on a film um, this past week, and I just noticed how there's some uh, I think beginner filmmakers who stick to the script too much in the editing room. It's like you really have to let it go. And, and when you have a really good editor who, who's taking care of you, you got to trust them. There's got to be a trust uh, because that, the film could take a whole another life. You, it makes or breaks the film. 
And if you're sticking to the cuts, if you're sticking to that, if you're just sticking to like the, it becomes very cerebral. And I, I think that's a mistake with, with music, with art, with film, with anything that has to do with creativity. If it's cerebral, it's kind of breaking it because it's really an emotion. And, and that's what my goal is as a filmmaker. I want to, uh, because I feel something and I want to transmit that feeling. And so in that scene, in, in the hospital scene, that's what we're, that's what we're doing is just going with it. And we had about, we were riffing for about 45 minutes. I think we did about, uh, three or four 20 minute to 30 minute takes. And, uh, so it was a lot of, it was a lot of stuff we, I, I had to chop up. And, you know, it's a dissolution as well. The same kind of thing. It's like less is more. And it, it really, I noticed too, it's it, it, more and more. I mean, that's what's so great about mobile phones. You just, you keep on shooting, keep on shooting, you get better, you get better, you get better, you get better. Uh, another thing is reactions. Uh, too many people cut the dialogue. This person's talking on them. This person's talking on them. It's like sometimes... You don't even need that dialogue. You just need the reaction to that other person. And that says a hell of a lot more than the words. And so I realized that in shooting Dissolution, that was just like, wow, okay. I cut off so much dialogue in Dissolution. There's practically zero dialogue. Um, actually, we, we don't even speak. Uh, I'm on the phone. Uh, she has no dialogue, actually. But she's such a great actress. She's just, you know, she's working. She's given me so much. And um, and then also with Upend as well. I mean, she's she's thrown out so much. And there's sometimes it's just better when I'm just reacting off of her. And then she's reacting off of me. And I think that's the beauty in acting, too, is when someone is really feeling the other person. Um, because too often we're just we're waiting for our turn to talk. And, uh, you know, acting, <laughs> it's like, no, it's, uh, it's feeling, it's feeling for me. Feeling is, is the most ultimate thing. You know, if someone's faking that they love you, it's like, come on, you see it. Uh, but if someone who truly feels it, they don't even have to say anything. They just look at you. So I think that's a perfect example of, of, of art and of filmmaking. You know, you just, you let it, you let it grow. I, I've said it before that, that and, and you've heard it before from other people, I'm sure, that filmmaking is an, it's a combination of art and science because, like you were saying, in, in production, there's all these things you have to do. There's technical things also in post-production, but there's also the art, which is what we feel and what you the feelings you invoke and bringing the viewer into your story into your film mm -hmm. so they're feeling it too uh, yeah. i know you couldn't come to the film festival unfortunately <laughs> but i know you planned on it and you wanted to but it didn't happen yeah. but what i want to share with you um is that the the reaction and what people said i haven't had a chance to tell you this uh but what people said about your film was it was deep. It was they 
felt they 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 really felt the story uh visually it was it took them somewhere um you were talking mm. about the 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 multiple dimension portal and all that and yeah, you brought yeah. the viewer with you through those scenes and yeah. you also uh they felt the emotions and you did yeah. that within five minutes blake <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think also too the, the uh, thank you and 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 yeah um, uh, that that really makes me that that really satisfies me makes me feel really good because that that's that was the goal and it's so challenging uh, that's that's what I love about short films is that I love that challenge of trying to take someone to a certain place without forcing them just kind of putting it there and seeing, you know, could, could lead the audience to that place. And, and that's, uh, that's beautiful when, when, when that, that as a filmmaker, when, when you can accomplish that, that's just, that's the ultimate reward. It's priceless. Uh, also, uh, the, the combination of the quality of the sound with the visuals though. Thank you. And, and and also thank you very much. And also I have to to say that um, just throwing in a little tip to to other filmmakers out there. Um, I think too often, um, well, look to my understanding, my perspective, uh, that when you link really part of the story to the poster to the image, it's already transmitting a message to the brain. So. That for me that that gains I, I gain a few minutes, actually. Sure, it's it's a five minute short, but I think I gain a few minutes of them understanding what the film is about just by that image of the poster, because it's kind of like a prologue. Yeah, I don't even have to go to a prologue. They just they saw that image. They have it in their head. The name as well contributes to it. So, in the story, when I'm telling the story, it they have that image in the back of their mind. So sub there's already a subliminal message happening. So when it goes, when it finally reaches the end point and you see that last scene, when the credits are rolling, it all connects. We're just going back where we started from the very first poster. So for anyone who's doing future films, uh, they have to keep that in mind. I think too often they're focused on the dialogue or, or the, um, the style of the film. It's like, it's all whole. It's all one big, big ball of clay. And you really have to think about, um, in, in essence, your prologue is the poster. You want people to walk into the movie theater or into seeing your short with that image in mind. If it's possible, if, if they haven't seen the image, that's okay too. But, um, to my understanding, for the most part, people can see an image on the booklet or something like that. They could see, usually they see an image of some sort. Um, if not, that's okay too, but it's gotta work. It's gotta be able to work both ways or they, they, they see the short and then they look at the image and then all of a sudden that kind of like, aha, now I get it. So I, I think graphic is graphic design is a part of it as well. You know, poster design. The name, especially, 
you know, I think the name has to really connect with what the film is about. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 I just love art. I just love of the, the art of storytelling. That's right. And, and that's what I love about this medium. And, uh, you know, you know, um, I mean, we've had many conversations and you know how I feel about storytelling and how upscale it is for me, how to me, it's like more important than anybody even realizes, um, as far as I'm concerned from what I can see. Um, and the fact that we have this wonderful medium where you can see, where you can hear, where you can feel, uh, a story, uh, being told mm -hmm. and, and you can conceive it and then you can have a perception of it as well, which is personal. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. No, no, you were going to say something. Uh, yes. Yeah, sound, just sound. I mean, sound is a, is a huge part of it. You know, miking your, miking your actors, right. You know, taking sounds from your environment. That's a huge element, huge element. Um, ADR, a lot of times ADR is, is overlooked. Additional dialogue recording, just, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff that you add after the film has been made, I think is really important as well. And music, music is, 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 is also high priority too often. Yeah. Uh, people get stuck with tent music, um, at least in Hollywood, you know, you see a lot of films are have similar kind of sound. It's because each person said, oh, I want to sound like this, like this, kind of like this, you know, and right. They don't have rights. So they make it sound kind of the same. And then everyone's kind of copying everyone else's style in a way. I think it's important to, um, especially as an editor, you know, sometimes you get these music requests from directors and, and you have that, but, um, and then is it the director sees it again and again and again with that same music and it kind of embeds in it. And then all of a sudden they can't use that music. And then someone's got to make something just like that because they got married to that, just hearing it again and again. Um, I personally uh, turn the music off. Uh, I work with like a, a playlist. So I set up a playlist of, of different kind of music and that gets me in that zone and as doing as a one man band, shooting it, uh, editing it and all that myself and the sound and all that and music. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like to wait until the very end and then, then, then I start giving it a touch. This one, however, I did not, I had a certain set of music that I was really in love with and um, I, I broke my own rules. I, I, I left it in there for a good, like five days to a week and it got me. And so when I tried to get the rights to it and I couldn't get it, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking because I was like, Oh man, this is really good music. How am I going to do this? So I had to like recompose a whole nother track. Uh, there was no way I can cop. I could copy the the other one because I mean, it was a full choir. You know, it was really just very intricate. Um, and now everyone probably wants to hear what it was. <laughs> uh, 
And until you got that, those rights, until you have that signed or that okay, uh, you don't use it. You shouldn't use it. And uh, I mean, for higher productions, sure they have the rights and, and they put in the music actually because they want, uh, sometimes they like, uh, for instance, like Baby Driver, you know, they want, the, they're editing to the music even. Oh, well, yeah. So that, that's another thing. That's another uh, way of, of, of approaching it. Um, which is awesome too. I mean, right now I'm doing, I'm doing my, uh, my reel, my director's reel and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm editing to the music. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I did that to the <laughs> video trailer, uh, last year as well, where I, I actually brought the video into GarageBand, um, the year before I did it the other way, um, I brought, I, I made the music and I cut the video to the music. Mm-hmm. Last year, I did the opposite. I cut the music to the video because I composed the music myself to it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and that's always pretty cool when you're doing like a montage or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me um, ask you one last question um, about the um, about the post because you spoke about post production. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that process? Uh, getting a little more detailed and technical on it, like for example, what software did you use? Um, I wanted to edit with DaVinci Resolve. Um, and do the coloring with DaVinci Resolve, but because of time pressure, um, right now I'm in the middle of switching platforms from, from Premiere to DaVinci, yeah. uh, just because the, 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 the compositing composition is, 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 is out of this world. And, um, and I really like how everything's in the box. So basically I can edit, I can color, I could uh, also do effects, um, in terms of visual, uh, tracking, um, and audio all in one program. So basically what I usually do is I, I upload it, um, uh, I put it into, um, uh, Adobe Premiere and then, you know, sync up the audio that I have from the lavalier mics, uh, the boom mic, and then I chop it up, um, and fine-tune the coloring and basically get everything looking how I want pretty much. And then I output it and then I edit all the sound in uh, Pro Tools. And sometimes I do the music and the sound in Pro Tools. Um, Depending on the scenario, sometimes I do the music in Logic and then I bring it in the Pro Tools. Um, It just depends on how I feel. I may use both programs, but... Uh, visually for the technical part, uh, just a lot of fine tuning different plugins, third party plugins, uh, Adobe Premiere and, uh, just experimenting with different effects. I mean, if anything for beginner filmmakers and intermediate, you know, if you haven't checked it out, I I just, I just say like, you know, spend, you know, spend an hour or two every day just playing with different effects just so you have that in your tool case, in your mind of like, oh, I could add this effect to create that idea, you know. Um, so that's pretty much what I did. I was 
Um, I was experience. Uh, I was experimenting also a lot of overlays. Um, experimenting also with green screen. Um, and also After Effects. So the last part of it, um, I had someone actually working on the. I had a person, a specific person in mind that I wanted to work on the effects. There's a lot more stuff that I didn't use in the film specifically because I didn't have this one person. Uh, at the last minute, they got another gig. Totally understandable. Everything was fine. But I had to basically do all the effects myself. And there was one particular scene, that one kind of last uh, big scene at the end uh, that I needed that was that's just that had to be in the film there was a reason for that that was the aha kind of moment and so this was like narrowing down to the very last minute because i and i was putting it off i was like oh man uh i used to work on after effects a while back we're talking the days of uh, if any you know getting technical adobe uh uh, sweet, I think CS3 or something like that. So I hadn't worked on After Effects for a while, so I had to quickly do like a boot camp learning for After Effects and get on that. And that's pretty much what I did. Basically, like I think it took me 16 hours, 15 hours, something like that, and just cranked it, did it, and it looked awesome. And I was like, well, I, I could do more of this. <laughs> But it's it's a lot of work, and again, it goes post production. I mean, it's your your whole entire film could take a whole new life, and there is no boundaries in mobile filmmaking. And if anything, I want to say to other filmmakers, anyone who tells you that there's a boundary in mobile filmmaking, if it doesn't have to do uh, with shooting in the dark, uh, you know, just, just tell them to, uh, you know, keep on doing what they're doing. You do what you do. But the thing is, there is no limits in mobile filmmaking. Actually, there's you have you can do more because you can shoot anywhere you want, anytime you want. You you don't have this gigantic rig. You don't need a few guys to carry your camera. Uh, you don't look like a giant robot drone walking down the street. You just have your cell phone. Everyone sees a cell phone. So actually, I, I say you have a hell of a lot more. Uh, territory to cover uh, in mobile filmmaking than you do with uh, other f- films, and uh, you know I'm I'm I just for me it's opened up a whole new world. I'm I'm shooting all the time. I'm uh, I'm addicted to it because I just get better and better and better. You know, meanwhile I have friends who you know they use like a they have a red or they have an airy or canon or nikon whatever any level of that um look that's fine but they got to plan their shoots they need a crew i I only need me i depend on myself and i'm shooting a hell of a lot more films than they are so at the end of the day my goal is not to be with ari or red or anything my goal is to be with panavision you know i want to go up to i want to hit that level so that's the thing with mobile filmmaking. It, it, it's an art and it's not an art unto itself. Filmmaking is an art period. And if you're telling a good story, if you're giving people an emotion, you got it. That's and really what it comes down to for the viewer. That's, that's and, what it boils down to. Yeah, but it, it there's three there's three sides to this. There's the viewer side, which is that. But it's just, it's you know 
there are days when it's like I need to escape the reality of my world. And I know that if I watch a movie, nothing's going to matter because it's I'm going to go mm. and, and dive into this world and it's going to take me away from here. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and then there is the other side of that, which is the, the, the making of the film. And there are two types of filmmakers. There's the filmmakers that love the big show. Uh, the, you know, you were referring to the, uh, drone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's the filmmaker like you, who's more of a minimalist and, and, and feels empowered by that as opposed to the empowerment feeling that the other filmmakers get where everything's grand. Look at me and how special I am. I've got all this stuff and Good luck. You know, this looks, it's like the difference between driving a VW bug and uh, driving, uh, I don't know, a big bus or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, haha, good luck. Well, yeah, to look, that's at the end of the day, I just, good for them. You know, they're right. happy with their stuff. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is, I can get up and go yep. anytime. Uh, so it, it's just, I, I prefer mobility. Uh, at the moment, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm taking a different route. Um, look at the end of the day, it's practice. And you have filmmakers um, like, um, like Steven Soderbergh who could use the big cranes and the big this and the big that and has access to all that. And he hmm. tried, uh, mobile filmmaking and he fell in love. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's mobility accessibility. You don't need much of a crew, and you can shoot a hell of a lot more. At the end, you know, we're living in an age where it's all about content, right? And you know, while other people are taking you know months and or even years planning stuff, yeah, I'm just taking weeks, <laughs> and I'm, I'm on. To, I'm doing a few films a year, done, uh, uh, and no one even questions. If if it's if it's a mobile phone, at the end of the day, they're looking at it. I mean, my director's real. There's uh, people could look at my director's real now at blakeworld.com. There's there's uh, about five shots that are with a normal camera. Try to find those shots and send me an email. Tell me what those shots are. You won't. You you can't figure it out. It's it looks they're all they all look like they're shot with the real camera. So at the end of the day, it's like. How good are you at post? How good of you? How good are you at, at sound design? How good are you at telling a story? How good are you at shooting, at compositing a shot? You know, how good are you in using this equipment? And I mean, structuring look, your story in post too, and how you tell that. Yeah, look, any anyone could sit behind the wheel of a seven forty seven jet, but can they fly it? I was going to say, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm practicing with a Cessna right now, but Hey, I'm doing aerial flips and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like, it's like you, you learn the rules to break them. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm, I'm making all my mistakes now. You know, people, I mean, to make a mistake on a big production, oh. whew, talk about stress. I mean, some people just like break down and never go back to it. Well, and the budget. I mean, you're you're there. And budgets and that and the reputation, even their reputation. The story gets affected by budget because all of a sudden it's your investors that are designing your story and telling you what you can and cannot yeah. do with your story. And that's 
freedom for the mobile filmmaker. Uh, like, mm. you know, hey, it's my budget. I don't depend on, I don't need you to tell me because you're not giving me money. Yeah. And then also goes also to, to, to actors as well. I mean, there's these actors that don't really do much practice. They don't rehearse. They don't do theater. They just want to go straight to the big leagues. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're going to get on this this high-budget film, and you're going to show that you, you really can't act. You haven't put in the work. I mean, maybe, maybe you do a good job, kind of, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, we, it, it just comes down to practice. You know, you got to keep it warm. It's like, you know, Olympic trainer. You know, you got you to gotta train all the time. If you want to be in Olympics, you got to be fit. You got to be ready to go. And um, that's what it's about. And it's it's not about the tools that you have. It's it's about the skills that you have uh, to make those tools work for you. Yeah, it's what you're doing. It's what you're doing with those tools. You know, mm. the rocks and the sticks scenario that, I always end up bringing up with with this technology because uh, we're going through an evolution, everybody. I mean, the last time we all were holding the same tool was back in those days when the only tools that we used were a rock and a stick, and we used it for everything. We used it to make other tools and to make homes and build things, but we also used it for storytelling because we were drawing on cave walls using rocks and sticks. And now we're using the smartphone for everything, including sharing stories um, through film, using the camera on social media. Uh, whenever you put a video post or, a, or or share a picture and you're doing it with your mm -hmm. phone with some words, you're sharing stories. You're sharing yeah. your stories. Um, and I know you got to go. Um, so yeah. I'm going to cut this short but will you just share a little bit now we in the intro shared a little bit of a tease um you know with your song bumpers from mm. your album uh the beast within uh which you released in 2013 and i know you're doing other things with music but um would you care to share anything about that um, yeah, so I was doing music um, back in the days from around, I mean, my main uh, career in music was, uh, full focus on it was between 2003 and 2014, and then I dove into film. Yep. So this, this track that I think you're playing is called Bumpers from um, my last album, The Beast Within. Since then, uh, I did some collaborations with a group called Smokey Joe and the Kid, and I recommend you check that out on YouTube if you want. Um, uh, did a couple really awesome tracks. And I'm still doing music, actually, but uh, I'm doing more film music now. Cool. And I, I just love it. I love that. I love that element. And, um, yeah, I, 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 music for me is just, it's always going to be in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for most of us, it always it always is, right? I don't know about you, but sometimes I hear a song and I'm and I and to me that's like it's a movie. It's like oh, this you know, this song is is my movie because of you know like you're driving in the car right and you hear this wonderful song and you're like, yeah, this is my movie. I'm in the car and I'm going somewhere and this is my movie. <laughs> that's just me, probably, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Just every song is kind of for me like a storytelling. That that's yeah. I mean for me when I. Uh, when I would write songs, I would I would see a film, 
Wow, that's awesome. Well, I don't want you to be late. Um, And for our listeners, I just have to say that um, we're going to add these links. Watch the film. Um, I'm actually going to share two versions of your film. You shortened it. So many people have done this for our film festival. You shortened the five-minute version. And then you have the, is it, it's six minutes, isn't it? The other one? Um, Yeah, six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to share both versions um, there. And, um, and so you could see them. Um, You probably will want to see the six minute version though. If, if I were you listener, (laughs) I would just watch the six minute, but I'll put them both there just so you know. It's hard because when I did that edit, yeah. um, I, I, I did like the five minute version too. I was like, well, actually I should have, I should have not used that little, that, that scene, that little clip there. I could have taken that out. I didn't really need that. I could have taken that out. And then I saw like, then I started to work on it more. I was like, God, okay, I'm going to leave it like this. Um, (laughs) You know, at some point you got to let it go. Well spoken Um, like an artist. You're only done when the deadline comes, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, I like them both, but yeah, I would say, um, uh, I, I don't know which one to watch first. It's, 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 I would almost say watch the short, short one, the, the five minute one first and then the six minute one. But then it's like, I don't know. Um, for me, I, I the original is the six minutes. So yeah, yeah I would, I would say, I would say watch the six. Now they're going to do whatever they want to do, Blake, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say watch the six minute one. And mm-hmm. then watch what the five minute one, which is the one where he won this uh, award with our film festival. And and I think it's a good uh, something to learn something from, too, because quite honestly, you know, you're not the first that has shortened our film for to fit uh, within the criteria of our film festival. But there have yeah. been some that actually say by tightening this up and making it shorter because I had to let go of some other stuff that, you know, that I wanted, um, it actually ended up better. Not to say that yours ended yeah. up better. I'm just saying it worked, you know, which is great. Uh, yeah. But it did win an, the first prize award. So right. whatever, right? <laughs> so, well, hey, let's say goodbye to everybody and follow Blake. Uh, go to his website. I will share the links uh, with you, uh, he already shared, you know, Blake Worrell on Instagram, but you know, it's no big secret that on Facebook it's Blake Worrell. Um, it, there's two R's and two L's and, um, his website, guess what his website is guys. It is share it, Blake. <laughs> BlakeWorrell.com. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, double R double L. That's right. It's a new thing, right? I'm going to make a song with that. Say goodbye to everybody, Blake. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, please check me out. Feel free to send me any messages, any questions. Um, happy to answer them. And uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm posting a lot of stuff uh, behind the scenes, what I'm working on. And uh, look forward to uh, – um, yeah. Th- thank you for having me on this podcast. I look forward to talking to you again next time.
crushing y'all like cereal, stereo, very low. Feel them bubbles tearing through. Reconnect, repeat it. Rewind, DJ, bump that shit. Transform, mind kick, 